0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio is a platform that helps growth-focused e-commerce brands drive more sales with super-targeted, highly-relevant email, Facebook, and Instagram marketing. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Arnie Ken. He is the founder and CEO of Vertical Measures, He's also the author, I guess I should say co-author, because he's got a group that he wrote this book with called Customer Journey. Your audience will take this journey with or without you. Are you prepared? So Arnie, uh, thanks for joining me.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, John. Appreciate it. A- a-
0: as a fellow author, I'm always curious how these team books go. <laughs> how did you find writing the book with others um, in-, in terms of the, I, I mean, the obvious benefit is you didn't have to write as much, but then you also had to kind of organize people's thoughts, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, the journey for me has been, uh, I wrote my first book solo back in 2011 around content marketing. It was called Accelerate, and found that to be, uh, just so everybody who's written a book, totally understands it was you know 10 times harder it took 3 times longer than anyone even tried to warn me it would take and then you had to sell uh, the dang thing well yeah and actually we don't do it so much to become best sellers uh you know in the business we're in it's more thought leaders and maybe uh bring some clients in and 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 we, we do hope it sells but you're right absolutely then you got to go market it uh the second book i wrote was called content marketing works and it was based on all the lessons learned in the, the years between Accelerate and Content Marketing Works. And I actually co-authored that with my son, uh, who is in charge of marketing for our agency. And that was a lot easier, even though we had to do some coordinating. Um, he lived in Nashville at the time. I lived in Phoenix. And and uh, it was fun to do with him. And, but, of course, it was half the work. That was kind of nice. Um, and then about two years ago, we came up with this idea for the book around the customer journey. And we just, you know, we have multiple... Uh, we have 60 employees all together, but we have multiple subject matter experts and we're just having a team meeting and talking about it and said, well, you know, if each of you takes a section, we could probably knock this out. Uh, and that's how the idea came about. Um, it did take more. It takes more coordination that way, uh, a little bit less effort, but a lot more project management, so to speak, to get it done. Um, and that's a long answer, but that's how that all formed and how we decided to do it this way.
0: Well, and I know, uh, yeah. I, in the course of writing a book, so, you know, some of my books have taken, you know, by the time the editor was really getting to it, I may have written that chapter, you know, six months ago, and then and they're coming back and saying, well, you said it this way this time. So I I can't imagine doing that with six or eight people. (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we did, we did have one editor. So that person interacted with the person who wrote those, that chapter or those chapters. Uh, But uh, that you're right. There's actually people who finished their work uh, actually, but just about what you said, six, seven, eight months ago, and really haven't looked at it since. (laughs) And the book just uh, got released this week and they're almost having to refresh. What did I write again? You know, so read it over again. Yeah.
0: Well, congrats, but um, well, thank you. you chose the uh, format of I don't know. Are you calling it a fable? That's kind of what they call this, right? Um, a fable. You think? Well, 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 where you have yeah. a fictitious character who is actually yeah. going on this journey. Yeah. I think they call those books fables.
1: Well, you're probably right. Actually, I never thought about it in a business reference, but yes, <laughs> yes. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
0: so how what what was kind of the decision about trying to present the information kind of in that voice? Uh,
1: well, the first two, if you had looked at them, they were. Really, I mean, they felt and really were how to books and, uh, you know, very step by step. And I'm step by step and I'm pretty pragmatic. And so, you know, just followed a a system and a process and all that. Uh, And this time we just set off saying uh, we're going to really try to make it a story. Um, so even though it has lots of you know good information on how to and all of that, we just really wanted to to make it more readable um, and, and like I say, pit to, uh, pitch it more of a story. And so we created a character. You're right, who um, is in in business but wants to go back to school to get an, an advanced degree. And so we tell the whole story of how she's searching for a school to to to, uh, to take some online classes and how she starts to go through part of her journey. Uh, in the beginning, but the school she's doing research around uh, hasn't quite finished all of their content to map to all of the phases of the of her journey. And uh, she ends up uh, finding another school who has more comprehensive content that takes her all the way through decision and advocacy. And so she jumps over and ends up enrolling and taking classes there, and then eventually uh, uh, has a better position in, in, in life. Uh, and so we just thought that story worked and and we're we're proud of it, but I guess we'll kind of find out over the next few months uh, if everybody else likes it.
0: And so that's the whole story, I guess we're done, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: pretty much. It. Yeah. So, so let's let's unpack this idea of a journey because you know I've, I, in fact, you you graciously asked me to give a blurb for the book, which I did because it's a yeah, great, I did. Thank great, you very much. Yeah. Um, and I've been saying for a long time that you know the everybody talks about well this change in marketing and that change in marketing and and I, and I've been saying for a long time I think the thing that's changed most is the way people buy, um, and that that's what we're sort of subject to that the whole buyer journey has changed so much that that we have to. You know our marketing now has to kind of respond to that kind of massive change. So you know how would you how would you describe you know the customer journey because that it's a hot topic right now, but it's also one of those that I see a lot of sort of mixed signals around what it means.
1: yeah, um I mean, we describe it in in four steps. I know everybody uh, has different views and funnels, and you you had described one that that you had talked about for years. Uh, but ours is pretty much follows uh, awareness as the first step, then consideration, decision, and advocacy. Um, and our view is that awareness can happen very, very quickly. I mean, it could be. Uh, you are scrolling through your Facebook feed and you see a drone that you looks like maybe you will never break. So, you, but you weren't planning on buying a drone, but you became aware there's one that looks good for you. And so you click on the ad or whatever, or it could be you're watching television at night and how we all sit with our iPads or our laptops in our lap and something just strikes you. Maybe it's a you know pair of shoes or a new car or whatever it might be. And so your, your awareness could happen, like I say, in moments and then you turn online generally and you start the consideration phase, right? You start doing your research. And and like you said, you know, that's what's really changed is the way we buy now. You know, you and I are old enough that I'm sure you used to go to auto dealers, you know, car dealers. You said I didn't want a new car, but you showed up at a dealer with a yellow pad of paper and a pen, so you could go and ask questions and take notes, and go to the next one. Well, you know, now we go to the dealer. We, we 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 walk in with a printout that we researched online. We say, "Here's what I'd like to order or buy, or in fact, I even know your inventory. I want this car," and that and you're, you know, and you're right. That's just what's changed the the, the way people buy. Uh, so, you yeah, know, anyway, you move the decision, you make that decision. But now there's this whole advocacy piece, which, again, referring to our age, we used to tell our neighbors or our coworkers about this good or bad experience we have. Well, now we turn online and we, you know, do a Yelp review or an auto dealer review or Google review and so on. So it's just it's just digital now.
0: Well, and I think that's a you know, that's where I see so many people. Kind of missed the boat on this, you know. The old funnel kind of ended when that person you know, squirted out of the bottom of the funnel, right? And that was like, oh, you're done now. Um, yeah. And and I think that today, you know, a much more significant part of marketing is what happens after somebody says yes. And I think the companies that are really killing it, you know, are are taking advantage
1: of that. I agree. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, more and more of our clients. Well, so this was kind of hot a while ago. Um, Andy Beal, a friend of mine, he's kind of specialized in the whole. Uh, you know, uh, uh, protecting your brand online and uh, reputation management. And more lately, it seems some of our clients are coming back to us saying, you know, we need a little, little bit of help here. We're not getting, you know, we need uh, better reviews or we need, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of the What's the the website where uh, your employees go? Glassdoor, uh, yeah. Yeah, Glassdoor, right? So we need better Glassdoor. We need, you know, Yelp, you know whatever it might be. And we're seeing a lot of that. And it's true. I mean, all of—not all of us, but not—you know—a lot of a lot of times before we go to buy something, that car or the shoes I was referencing earlier, one of the things we do in our research is to go look at their reviews. What are people saying about that that brand and that product? And again, 20 years ago, that just did not happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there, and I think there were certain industries that that you know became important five, ten years ago. But I think it's everybody now because because that data is out there, and the behavior of looking at reviews has become so commonplace. You know, I have kids that are in their thirties and. Uh, late twenties, and and that's one of the first pieces of data they want to look at. You know, yeah, before exactly. They visit. Sure. Um, yep. and, and I think that behavior has kind of made that uh, more significant. I want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Clavio. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, and this allows you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. There's powerful segmentation, email autoresponders that are ready to go. Great reporting. You want to learn a, bit, a little bit about the secret to building customer relationships? They've got a really fun series called Clavio's Beyond Black Friday. It's a docu-series, a lot of fun, quick lessons. Just head on over to Clavio.com Beyond BF, Beyond Black Friday. You know, one of the things that um, you, you had mentioned, you and I were talking offline before that. I've had, I've used this marketing hourglass approach, and that was kind of the idea behind the hourglass was that once the funnel kind of came to the point where somebody bought, you know, then it expanded again. Um, and and so I have se- I have seven stages in in mind. but I think the thing that uh, trips people up a lot of times, even people that are buying into this idea of awareness, consideration, you know, decision, is that these aren't necessarily nice little boxes, <laughs> you know, depending upon the person's problem, their relationship to the problem, how much they know, you know, coming into the deal, that they, they can really, how people go through those boxes can change dramatically, can't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And actually, one of the things that we've worked on here at Vertical Measures the last couple of years is we've created something that if you see it, it looks almost too simple if I told you it took us hundreds of hours to do it, but it's, it, and we call it the growth matrix. But so down one side we list awareness, consideration, decision, advocacy. But across the top, there's things to 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 come into play. We look at you know do you have content in each of these areas, and what kinds of con- content will people be searching for? Like you just said, are they trying to solve a problem? You know, is it a how-to? Is it, you know, whatever, whatever might be there. Um, Does it need to be optimized? Does it need to be promoted? How are we going to actually measure whether or not the awareness stage is working, the consideration stage, decision, so on and so forth? So, it it yeah, you're right. Even in the simple little funnel, I guess this is, of of those four buckets, it gets more complex when you look at it, um, like I'm describing from left to right and figuring out, well, what needs to all be in each of these phases for this all to work well?
0: Well, and then let's throw in another, you know, matrix factor. You've got these dimensions of your matrix because if I'm a homeowner and my furnace breaks down, you know, my decision process for hiring a HVAC contractor to come fix it. Is quite different than if I just bought a new home and I want to see if there's something I need to upgrade,
1: isn't it? Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, time frame,
0: for example. <laughs> well, just, and, and what information I need, how I'm going to go about getting that information. But I think the the, the HVAC contractor in question here has to kind of plan for both, right? Uh, probably,
1: yeah, because you're right, you might be looking to upgrade or maybe even look at solar or whatever. Yeah, yeah so now I need information,
0: to... whereas before I just need to know who will get here the fastest. <laughs>
1: yeah, who could get here? I'm in Chicago, and it's 10 degrees, and my furnace just broke, right? So
0: one of the things that I think is great about the book is is you, given your background, particularly, I mean, you make a very direct connection to content in each of these stages, and I think that, that that's another thing that's missing. A lot of people just look at content of like, okay, we have to have good content that's out there, and we blog, and you know, there we go. We check that off the box. Most of that content – between you and me, is written for that person who's already figured out what their problem is and they're just looking for somebody to solve it. Um, And it really misses many of the other stages, doesn't it?
1: It does, but I will say uh, that what you just described to me would be someone who might be actually successful with their content marketing. If they're actually creating content around solving people's problems, they're already a step ahead of what I would say most organizations are. Um, because I, I, to me, my still, my biggest frustration, it's been the same frustration for five or six years, is I still p- see people guessing at the kinds of content they should create, or they're still trying to create clever uh, journalistic headlines. Uh, as opposed to really understanding the pain points that their prospect is going through and understanding the journey that we're talking about and and really trying to match match up content there and and but you're you're right there is actually most people tend if they're into it tend to uh, focus on consideration or getting very close to a decision so maybe they'll they'll do ver, you know versus content you know uh you know um uh, John versus Arnie, you know, to to see which one's better or whatever, but there can be really good awareness content created as well, and most people are missing that uh, totally.
0: Well, uh, like for example, I sell marketing consulting services. Would you would you say that's what your firm does? Is is that how you would
1: describe what version? more or less? Like, yeah, yeah, we we're a digital marketing yeah. agency, so uh, we probably are a little bit different than you, yeah. but. Uh, uh, you you're probably, I think, are more on the consultative side. We actually, and and uh, we, do a, you know,
0: we have a network of consultants, so we do a ton of training and stuff yeah, too. Yeah. But
1: I always advocate
0: nobody ever in America, at least, has woken up and said, I think I'm going to go get me some marketing consulting. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and they're really complaining about problems that – I mean, they're not even saying I'm going to go get some strategy. But most of their complaints or their how do I fix the fact that everybody asks all they want is a lower price – or why do my competitors always show up ahead of me in the three pack? I mean, th- those are the things they're going looking for answers to. And, and and I think that if we're not addressing that in the early stages, we're never going to get to the part where what you need is a marketing strategy.
1: Correct. No, I absolutely agree. Yep. yep.
0: So so how do you go about helping somebody understand just that because I think that's you know, I I talk, as you mentioned, I've been talking about this for a lot of years. How do you get so everybody, most people, we work with a lot of small businesses and most of them are still focused on that. Here's what we sell. Um, but you know, the, the clients out there looking for a solution and they don't even know what their problem is yet. So how do you get, how do you get people focused on creating content, particularly for those early stages? When I really, a lot of times think people just, Oh, the only thing they can
1: articulate is that it hurts. Right. Well, well, we'll go about it a couple of ways. One might be uh, more of a story form. So we, we have to go in and get and talk to the CEO or whoever might be the, you know, as top of the food chain as possible. And if they aren't quite getting it, we'll just ask them, you know, let's just say you're into golf and you wanted a new set of golf clubs. Tell us, tell us just what kind of things you would search for on Google. And we'll literally walk them through so that the light bulb can go on, go go on in their head where they realize that they're doing exactly what their, or their customers are doing exactly what they do, it's just a different product line. And it could be you know, B2B, it could be whatever. And, and we just show them, you know, if, you, if you had a concern, if your customers have a concern, what is the problem that your, your products or services solve, and how do you imagine they would go about this uh, when they're doing the research on Google and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll bring the next level is data. You know, we'll we'll try to anticipate it. We'll, we'll show them search volumes. We'll go in and show their competitors and say, you know, your competitor owns this piece here because they've just got all sorts of content helping them solve their problem, whatever it might be. Go get a new marketing automation system. You know, the the boss told you to go get a new marketing automation system, finally gave you a budget but you don't know any, so you turn to Google and you start researching. Well, what, what does that research path look like? And and usually, if we can get a, an audience and tell that story, the light bulbs start to go on and they the, and they start to get it. The, the the
0: thing that I love about where you started with that too is is, you know, I so often see people that are, you know, saying, okay, you know, if this, you know, how do we create awareness? How do we create, you know, consideration? How do we create discovery? And I think what, you know, so it's, it's all about how do we do this, you know, to get this done? And I think what you just described is really the place that a lot of people miss. And that's this. How does the buyer actually go about finding a company right. like this? I just moved to town. I need a new car wash. How do I go? How does that buyer actually go about finding a car wash? And I think if we, if we can learn that, you know, then it becomes a matter of then filling in the blanks of what content you need, what tactics you need, you know, what, Campaigns you need where you need to
1: be, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think another beauty part of this is that you're also having someone find you at the time that they have the need, as opposed to other marketing is really counting on the masses and hoping that someone happens to become aware, you know, or see their ad or their product or their service um, at at the time of their need. Where if they turn to Google and they start this search, you've already eliminated. All the people who have no interest in your products, if you if you follow that logic. So, that 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 the other beauty about counting on digital and having that content ready for them is that they're that they're doing that search and they're clicking on your stuff. Odds are they're in a buying mode. As a practitioner, do you find that
0: having that conversation of like, how would somebody become aware? What are the other ways they become aware? Do you find that, that that actually makes the sort of sales process of, well, then we need to do SEO or then we need to do long form content? I mean, do you find that, that that they sort of itself admit that's what somebody would do, so we better have that? Does that make it easier for you to make a case for some of the tactics that you recommend?
1: Uh, yeah, in a word, yes. (laughs) You know, we've tried to refine it over the years, and generally. Uh, it takes that kind of a story for those who, who are, are, you know, haven't quite adopted it yet for them to really understand uh, how this works. Yep.
0: But I, but I do think that that, you know, that helps them get everything just seems like all these tactics that everybody's selling, you know. And I think that 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 focus on the journey kind of brings it down to, I mean, even to the point where you start identifying, well, then we better have a better onboarding process and we better have, you know, some way that we check in with them in two weeks. I mean, it really kind of brings the whole business together, I find.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, even uh, a little piece we haven't talked about is lead nurture, right? So you might have actually got them to show up to your site. And they were, you know, uh, uh, a hot prospect at that moment. They downloaded your piece of content or whatever it might be. But what have you done now to stay in touch with them? Um, and that's, you know, also part of the buying process. You, you, you think that through and you make sure each follow-up, uh, you know, whether it's a series of seven or eight or whatever it might be. But each one makes sense to the next thing they might be concerned about. You know, just keep el- eliminating objections along the way with your lead nurture.
0: Ernie, thanks for joining us. Uh Great book, Customer Journey. The Your audience will take this journey with you or without you. So true. Uh, where can people find out more about you, and certainly where can they acquire the book, Customer Journey?
1: Well, uh, they can learn more about us at a simple URL, verticalmeasures.com. Um, and actually, if they go to the website, I don't know the URL, but if they just look at resources, our book is listed there. And next week, I don't know when this will be broadcasted, but let's say by March, This will be uh, live on Amazon, and they can find it there as well. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks for uh, stopping in, and uh, hopefully we'll run into you out there on the road in Cincinnati
1: or somewhere like that. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, John.